I was interviewed by a local newspaper about three years ago, and I was asked uh, about the core beliefs of Unitarian Universalism. And I said that central to who we are is the concept of the interdependent web of existence. We are all connected. It is a scientific fact and a theologically rich concept we like to chew on. As a follow-up to that question, the journalist asked, is it like quantum entanglement? And I said, sure, it's like quantum entanglement. Well, guess what the newspaper printed? Unitarian Universalism, according to Reverend Galazinski, believes in the concept of quantum entanglement. So this sermon was written shortly after that newspaper article was published, and congregants began asking me about the relationship of Unitarian Universalism and quantum entanglement. So back in 1935, Albert Einstein met with two younger colleagues and tried to save classical physics from all the quantum weirdness that was going on. Einstein was skeptical of the theories of the very small world of atoms and subatomic particles, and electrons, protons, and how they behave and interact with light. Physicists were just beginning to know that when small particles are measured, they change their properties. Their properties are not definite, absolute, and unchangeable. The observer changes them by simply observing them. Einstein insisted there must be some cause to this mystery. Physicist Abraham Pice recalled going on a walk with Einstein when he suddenly stopped, turned to him, and asked whether he really believed that the moon exists only when you look at it. Classical physicists presuppose an objective reality. The moon is there, no matter if humans are looking at it or not. At the time that Einstein believed we lived in an orderly universe, which is fundamentally rational, that there should always be a reason why things happen. He couldn't just believe in quantum theory, though he knew the math was correct. He even mocked quantum entanglement, calling it telepathy and spooky action at a distance. After all, quantum mechanics goes against our whole grand notion of cause and effect. Gravity, space, time, the speed of light, and materialism. But math and the latest experiments conclude quantum entanglement is a reality. Physicists like David uh, Bohm and John Bell were once even laughed at for even pursuing this non-location, this non-separability. Quantum theory destroys the old paradigm that matter is inert stuff, divisible into indivisible atoms. Sir Isaac's Newton, uh, Sir Isaac Newton's laws were being broken. According to Newton, God in the beginning formed matter beginning in a solid, massy, hard, impenetrable, movable particles. But the atom 
now has morphed into a woozy, wavy, micro-cloud, writes theologian Catherine Keller in her book, The Cloud of the Impossible, Negative Theology and Planetary Entanglement. She extends Einstein's moon metaphor, the moon may be there, but not exactly the same moon. Without observers, it is a ghost of itself, a cloud of its endless possible selves. Physicist and philosopher of science Bernard de Espan says a rainbow is actually a better analogy. He talks about this in his book, Physics and Philosophy. If you are driving, you see the rainbow moving. If you stop, it stops. If you start again, so does the rainbow. In other words, its properties partly depend on you. Einstein was initially wrong. The supposed objective observer changes what is observed. What is this mysterious cloud of materiality? What is the non-knowable that spooked even Einstein? What is the entangled non-locality of non-separability? This impossible complexity of relations happens at the fundamental level of everything. And behold, my friends, I promise you something. In this explanation, I will include no math. Quantum entanglement means that two particles, which were originally linked and then experimentally separated and fly off in opposite directions, still remain immediately responsive to one another. It's as if they are still linked, no matter the distance. They respond to each other when they are measured. No matter, if, no matter if one particle is in one lab and the other particle is in another lab in a building across campus, or for that matter, if one particle is in New York State and the other is in New Mexico. It would be like if you rolled dice in Las Vegas and in Atlantic City, I rolled dice, and they both came up with the same number every time. However, it is not by random chance, but because they are interdependently connected. Something here moves faster than the speed of light. Shocking and mysterious, isn't it? Einstein was right, definitely right in one regard. It sure is spooky, isn't it? As the uh, Danish physicist Niels Bohr said, anyone who has not been shocked by quantum entanglement has not fully understood it. I am no scientist, but I like the mysterious context physicists are leaning into. Science has once again become uncertain, indeterminate, like theology, like philosophy, like life. Quantum physicists are admitting we live in a non-knowability, an infinite 
unknowable abyss. They are asking big questions of the fundamental framework of nature itself. What are things and what are we made up of? As it turns out, reality is more like looking at a rainbow, the properties of which depend on you, the observer. And entanglement plays out in our lives in many, many ways. I'd like to give you one example. Eight years ago, when I was an intern in Wisconsin, I ministered to a teenager and, and their family who was in a confused spot. Then just two years ago, that uh, sibling of that person, a vulnerable teenager who was transitioning gender identities, was locked up as an adult in a county jail in New York State. I got a call one uh, evening. You live in New York State now, right? Could you help? I had to look up where the jail even was. We had just had a baby and I could not drive the three to four hours downstate to try and help. But I had a great relationship with a UU minister that served a congregation a mere 45 minutes from the jail. And she happened to have experience, a lot of experience in sexuality issues. And it turns out the minister that I was in relationship with drives past that jail every day to work. So she ended up visiting that teenager many times. But here's where it gets spooky. That wasn't spooky. That was coincidental. Months later, my family and I went to Burlington, Vermont, sort of randomly. We went out for pizza, and in a dark corner, there sat the mother of the teenager who I had not seen for eight years. The next day, I saw the mother of the teen and the teenager at the UU church in Burlington, and they both, and they had gotten out of prison. The world is made up of these relational events. I'm sure that all of you have some sort of story that involves humanity as entangled. We cannot be determined separate from our relationships. We are known by our relationships. Space and time is somehow superseded by the power of relationship. Quantum entanglement is when two particles entwine in, are entwined even at a distance and remain one physical system. Human entanglement is when two humans share a bond and are then separated in space yet are in still are still in relation. Though spatially separate, they still act as one. This spooky entanglement becomes apparent when someone we love dies. We are still entangled, even at the point of death. We are in a complicated situation with everything, even the dead. We are part of an involvement 
part of an ongoing undertaking. Things are connected at the deepest of levels. The world of Sir Isaac Newton's separate entities is a sham. The world is entangled. And I think we can be mindfully aware and unaware of this spooky mystery. Division does not mean a thing to the building blocks of nature. Walls will never fully separate us. Despite the imagined divisional crisis in our country, the spooky present whispers, we are one. We sing to the spirit of life, but quantum entanglement means there is a spirit in everything. The Haudenosaunee are right, and everything is worthy of greeting and thanksgiving. Entanglement might be a great metaphor for weddings as well. Two romantically entangled particles. Entanglement is a metaphor. This permeates all of existence. Relationship goes all the way down. The spooky, unknowable, non-separability is almost enough to deify. The forces of relationality that bind us all, I believe, are divine. Of course, we are connected to the ancestors historically, physically, and culturally, but it is a deeper and wider. All of life is connected. A frog em embryo doesn't look that much different from a human embryo. The things we do affect the environment. The theophysics of quantum entanglement go all the way down past the ecological web of life. Quantum entanglement points to a responsiveness, a mindfulness, a type of consciousness at the base of everything. Matter is vibrant. Matter is feeling, conversing, and desiring. Matter, like life, is a series of events and experiences, and according to theologian Catherine Keller, our very own electrons undo straight materialism. Matter breaks up from below and makes us all queer. If non-locality is true, everything is relation. If non-separability is true, even the creator is a relation. There is no one purpose, but many, many possible purposes. There is no theism and there is no atheism that can excuse us from becoming together now. Again, Keller says, we are of the universe. There is no inside, no outside. There is only intra-acting from within. As Jeanette Wintersong says from our reading, this is no longer a, a scientist credo. The separateness of our lives is a sham.
planetary entanglement is real. Humans are contributing to polar ice melting, sea levels are rising, unjust wealth distributions affect the entire planet. The truth of entanglement means that St. Francis was right when he said the sun is our brother and the moon is our sister. It means that people crossing the Rio Grande into Texas are connected to us and putting out food, water, and shelter, we are responding to that connection with love. It means the political borders and the walls we construct are all shams. It means Harry Belafonte was right when he said, we come from the fire, we come from the mountain, we come from the water. We meet here in the matter of each moment alive to the possibilities of becoming. It is a moral call and an invitation to relationship with all that is. Amen and blessed be.